everybody, and welcome to Pod Be With You. And I would like to introduce you to my very special guest, <laughs> the Reverend Aaron James, who's back from sabbatical. I am. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and very glad to be here. Uh, it's very hard to argue against being against sabbatical, uh, to, be, to being off sabbatical, <laughs> right? So it's, it's tough to be like, oh, and I'm so much... It's so much better to be here than, than it was to be at home. But it was a wonderful time, and I'm very grateful for it. And Paige, thank you for holding down the fort. Oh, and absolutely, Michelle and yes. And some of your other conversation it partners. It was joy. This is something I, I can very honestly say that I, I did miss. I miss talking with you. Yeah. I miss the, the creative exchange. I miss being able to share this with all of you who are listening. And just this is... This was one of the favorite things that we started yeah. during the this during a very strange time, yeah. and it's one of the things that I am most excited that we're continuing. Yeah, and it feels like that kind of back to normal. It has that back to normal feel, which is for back this time of year. Back to <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's what I was trying not to say. No, but it is but that it's exciting. To, yeah, it is. It's back to school. It's back to work. It's back to some normal. Yeah, it's, it's uh, so it feels very good. So yeah, thanks for. For having me back. Well, thanks, thanks for having me back. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it's it, good to be here. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, and glad to have I'm you back. I'm my NPR voice. Nice. Thank I you. I have not. So, uh, but you just keep going with that. I will. Um, but it is uh, it is just a joy to have you back. I uh, it was fun um, that the the first day you were back, I got a phone call from you at like. 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> I was like, ah, he has returned. He is back. Yeah, it was, it, no, I mean, it was literally my car ride in, my first commute in in three months. And for some reason, my hand just reflexively moved to go, hey, Siri, call Paige. Call like, Paige. She's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Siri, go ahead. Uh, excellent. So I was hoping that uh, as we re-enter into this space, yeah. uh, you might tell us a little bit about what you did over your sabbatical I, and how... How you spent that time and what it did for you. I thought um, you'd never if, ask. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, short version is that it has, and folks from our congregation will hear some of the same things I wrote to them in an e-blast yesterday, but nice. it, it's true, which is uh, it was what I hoped it would be. Oh, it was restorative. Good. It was a really important investment in my personal health. Yeah. <laughs> and it was some invaluable time together as a family during a really important stage in our family life. You know, yeah. not that there isn't an important one, but our kids are 7 and 13 and 15. And this is, it's invaluable to have that real day in, day out. You know, it, you can say as much as you'd like about quality of time. And that's very important. But there's no substitute sometimes for quantity right. of time. Because sometimes the real quality time only comes with the quantity of time exactly did i say that right anyway, i think you did no i knew what you that meant. tracked anyway yeah. a little bit but that that's what we had and oh, it was wonderful wow. now any 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 parent right now will also know that a sabbatical over the summer with three kids at home all day every day and running to camp it, it's not exactly a three-month vacation this no. was not I, this was not monastic i don't want to <laughs> it was a lot of cooking and cleaning and chauffeuring and yeah. um it was single parenting. No, well, just because Dre was working the whole time. So right. single parenting all day for three months. But this is not a bad thing. I don't want to let it to right. sound like a, a, a complaint. Um, but that daily 
living, um, we just, we got to do so many different things together and how uh, our oldest has his permit. And, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I did, my I heart saved, just stopped. Oh, I, <laughs> we didn't prep that one. No. Yeah. Holy cow. And everybody. So, um, we had a chance to go to Ireland to visit, uh, for a little bit to visit one of Andrea's brothers and his family. We, Spent some time in Minnesota with my folks, but nice. we also had some real unbroken stretches of togetherness and space and a little bit of, dare I say it, even routine over the summer, which was which was wonderful. Yeah. So, and for me, it meant a chance to eat better and drink less and uh, move more yeah. and start seeing a therapist and start on a really healthy workout uh, routine and... All these things that are not done and right are never done, but they got started over this summer. I know, you know, you don't say, well, I had a sabbatical time and I got all that sorted out. Now it's done and I can go back to living differently. It's hopefully those things are all started in a way that have a real foothold in my life that then become something sustainable. And yeah. In coming back here, I'm able to restructure some things and build, you know, a schedule, working relationships, meeting time, some, build that more or less from scratch, kind of untethered to the routine yeah. of what it was. I'm even, the, the second time you're going to fall out of your chair, I'm even parking in a different spot. No, you're not. I am. I park, I've parked <laughs> over there. I'm, and not just because the construction guys are over here. I'm parking in a different spot because I really want to, my, you know, my desk is different. My day is different. My space, I really want this to be even just for myself different yeah in ways that let something new happen so that it looks different and feels different and anything i can do to keep from slipping back not that things were all bad but slipping back into automatic reactive reflexive sameness ruts right um that may or may not be helpful you know i'm going to be working on that so um in all these things that are just really important to start, this was a chance to get started. That's fantastic. So multiple thoughts yes, as, please. as you were talking about that. First of all, um, that that change in diet and exercise and that kind of thing, those things are so, I think anybody will know, those things are so hard to start in the throes of... That's exactly our busy it. schedules. Exactly, and everybody knows that, right? If you're if you're trying to change the way you eat, if you're trying to change the way you exercise, if you're doing those kinds of shifts, it is really hard to begin those things. And so, to have a space that was set aside where you knew mm. and went in with the there are some things that are going to shift, and then to have the time to allow them to begin to yes. turn into habits. Yes, um, that's amazing. Um, and, uh, I'm a little jealous. That's, that's really cool. But the, <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. Because that's what I'm saying. It was a real gift. Yeah. This time was a real gift yeah. and it is valuable for all those reasons that you mentioned, because it is so hard to do in the middle of things. If I had been able to do those things before I would have done them yeah. and I couldn't or didn't, I don't know how you parse those things, but it's for a some really reason, fine I, line. it is, it's a really fine line. Um, and I'd like to think, you know, if we're going to take it easy on ourselves and not shame our past and, you know, shoulda, woulda ourselves to death, the fact is, for whatever reason, I couldn't. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, or I couldn't in the same way, right. to the same extent, because it requires reorganizing your whole life. And 
maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, um, and hopefully this will make some sense. I think sometimes when we are either really tired or really stressed or overwhelmed or exhausted or burnt out or, you know, pick your thing. And, and I, I know I was many of those things right. over the last few years or traumatized in a chronic way or pick your thing, right? Um, there is a certain amount of recovery we need before we can start actively recovering. Right. It's almost yep. like you have to get healthy enough. To, it's like pre healing. Right. You have to get healthy enough to get to a place where you are then ready to start actively working at participating in it. Yeah. There needs to yeah. be that deep tissue cellular level rest yeah. and recovery that then you will find that there is a spark in you or a readiness or yeah. a capacity. It's like you have to be strong enough to get work, strong. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be strong enough to start to do the work to get strong, right? Yeah. If you're and I, and I don't mean to overstate it. It can sound a little dramatic or self pitying, but it's it, it's just the truth. Right. There 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 really needs to be some of which only comes with that space and time, which is why this is such a gift, to be able to do to experience enough of that recovery, whether it's a feeling of safety or an alleviation of stress and ability to rest and restore just enough that you then are like, well, okay, I'm well enough to start getting better. Right. Right? Yeah. I know I've probably said that seven different ways at this point, but hopefully you know what I mean. But that's that's very real. And it's one of the things I think that can get in the way of just changing things, doing more things, working harder in the middle of what can be a real grind. Yeah. Yeah. And why that doesn't that why that has such a hard time taking. Taking root. Yes. Yeah. And it does. It has to it has to have the time to be able to take root. It can't just be a surface change. And so uh uh yeah, that absolutely makes sense to me. And and I'm glad that you were able to do that. The other thing in what you were saying that is really I think significant is um, there's been enough time to really be able, like you said, to come in and make some new patterns. Yes. Um, and and you that's another thing that you can't just decide to do. There needs to be that space and time for everybody to kind of get into a different space um, and then pick up something new and different. And mm. so um, brilliant, yes. Uh, that's why sabbaticals are uh, meant to do what they do. Mm. And um, and uh, and really, you have to, it's not just about taking a break. Right. It's about transformation. Yeah. And you, you only do that with a little bit of space and time. And so um, I'm really excited for you. That's really well, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and I, I want to recognize how grateful I am and what a privilege it is, frankly, to be in a position that can, where I have a certain amount of flexibility, control over my working schedule, ability to make a change. I, I, I recognize that that's not true for a lot of folks. No. Like, they don't have that level of determination over many different aspects of their life. Um, so I don't want to make this sound prescriptive or I don't want to make it sound holier than thou. I certainly, I, it's more, I am, I am trying to now really leverage some of the great blessings of, of this role and this, of this potential to be able to do things like that, that 
help me be well, which I think will then help me help others be yeah. well. And I want to be clear when I talk about that healing and that energy and that being in a place where you have the security and the capacity to begin to do the work of healing and whatever, moving towards health. I'm not talking, obviously, just about physical health. I'm talking about mental and emotional health as, as well. Right. And so that, that that's a dimension of what I'm working on as well, working with a therapist and things. I just want to be really upfront with that. It's it's just it's it's incredibly important. Yeah. In helping to process and understand what is happening, um, and to get some perspective, some insight, and some perspective on where we can go from here, where I can go from here, and, and what's most important. Having a good partner, a trusted partner with that is essential. It's a dimension that's still, I think, not talked about enough, especially with men. Right. And yeah. it is such an important, it's a vital aspect of wellness yeah. that sometimes I wonder if we put, this is going to sound judgy, I don't mean it this way, because this has been true for me, but if we put half of the time and energy into our mental health and and emotional health that we did into our what we consider our physical bodies, uh, we we would do a lot more for ourselves yeah. in that realm than we currently do. Yeah. Right. But it's incredibly, incredibly important. Again, a great a great privilege, a great opportunity. Because let's name. I mean, I'm insured. My insurance covers doing this. I have I have flexibility at work that allows me to say I'm going to be I'm going to set this time aside so that I can do this. And mm-hmm. um, but I also I also want to acknowledge that this is also one of those places that if you had told me three months ago or six months ago or a year ago you really should see a therapist which I'm not going to say that anybody didn't say that because some people definitely <laughs> no, but <laughs> I could recognize that as a good idea, but it's like, it's analogous. I think to someone who is not feeling like they're in great health physically in physical shape, whether eating or they're moving or their ability or strength or whatever um, to say, you should really see a personal trainer and they go, yes, thank you very much. Yeah. Right? It's not like, I don't know that exists, but I'm not in a place to be, to able, be able to, to do it. Right. A mental health yeah. is also a place where I, for me at least, I needed to be well enough to feel whether it was secure enough or open enough, uh, maybe just de-stressed enough, um, non-anxious enough, whatever it was, to even to see that really as a possibility and to see it as a positive and to say, no, I'm actually... I'm ready for this and, and I and I'm really ready to be able to engage this and not have it be overwhelming or threatening or you know pick your thing yeah right yeah um, there are times where we're like I don't need to fix this because I, I can't fix this I can't deal with this I just need to get through it yep right and that's a very different place yeah so maybe this is all just a way of saying that I'm grateful to be on to have begun a journey to a, a different place and am in a different place but then in in that way that you never arrive, but you no. are on a on a better path. All steps along the way. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and if and dear listener, if uh, if you know, Paige is going to be honest. If three months from now she she comes shows up and says, "Listen, uh, everything he said about that, he's let that all go in the last three months. He's absolutely a wreck of his former self." And uh, um, you'll know about it. I yeah. mean, you'll hear about it. Paige will let you. Yeah, know. we'll 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 we'll, we'll keep that true uh, or not. 
keep an eye on everything for yeah. you. Uh-huh. Uh But that sounds that sounds really excellent, and I'm really glad that that's what that time provided for Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. That's that's a blessing, and uh, and I hope that it continues to bear fruit. I'll be honest, with you, there was a certain urgency to it. Yeah. Right after the stress of the last few years, what a gift of this sabbatical time. Yeah. Uh, because to then have that time, which I know so many people could use and very and relatively few will get. And I mean, not clergy, I mean, in so many people in so many places right. could use a time like that to have that privilege, to have that opportunity and to not use it. What a waste. Yeah. Right. There, there is a real urgency to it for me Yeah. Um, that I tried to stay connected with. Um, I mean, I'm also 40. And you heard it here first, folks. What? But uh, I know. <laughs> but, but it, you know, when is my next sabbatical? Who knows? Maybe five, maybe seven years, maybe 10 years, maybe when's the next? You know, that's a different season in life. Yeah. So this is the one you get in this season in life for a turning point. And yeah, don't. Don't waste it. There's a lot to be said for um, just taking the opportunities that present themselves in the moment. Mm. And I think big or small, whether it's mm. a three-month sabbatical or the opportunity to go out to dinner with your spouse mm. or, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to be open to those possibilities because they only come by once. And that's a real thing. Mm. And um, to again, that's part and parcel of being in the moment, I think, which all of us are really bad at. Um, it's uh, so hard. It's so hard to be able to do that. And there's always going to be... Is this your segue to your scripture for today? Cause maybe. Because it, it works. Because it works. Yeah. There's always going to be something else that needs to be done. Yes. And to be able to be fully present and say, this is a gift that's coming and I need to take advantage of that is is really a powerful um, a powerful choice that we make in our lives. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, right. I so appreciate that. Thing, so many things are set up against us doing that on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, that it's it's it is really difficult. We have to confront all sorts of stressors and anxieties and shames and guilts and pressures. I guess in so many different forms, uh, to to let those things go, to say no to things for a minute, to even if it's just to not take a call. To not yeah. reply to something, to not you know, to know that there's something to be done, and to deliberately not do it or not be available or something because you're trying to say yes to something, to something else. Something else. I, maybe that's not everybody's struggle. Um, I get that nothing is everybody's struggle, but I I know that that's true for a lot of folks. for a lot of folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that's I think that that's very much the case. So. Mm. So, yeah. And now here we are. We've snapped back to reality. We snapped back to reality. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, here we are. Um, so uh, that does lead a little bit into uh, some of what I'm going to be talking about this Sunday Yeah. Uh, in church. So um, uh, I, I told you and those who, who've been following along know that I've been doing the Sunday Funny Sermon Series, one that we did that. here yeah. uh, twice, I twice. think. Twice, back to back summers. Back to back summers. Um, and I have not used the same sermons, dear listener, um, uh, although I have used some of the same comics because they're mm-hmm. just priceless. You can't beat some of these things. And and the one that I'm using uh, for this particular Sunday is uh, a kind of uh, take on uh, the Footprints in the Sand poem. This, I, is, this is my favorite part of the podcast of an audio medium where Paige describes, describes a, visual a visual comic. Yes. To- <laughs> 
and tries to translate this too. Uh, go ahead. It, 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 I think it works incredibly well. Yeah, um, it's very effective. Um, so there's this, there's this, there's this poem that I had on my wall when I was growing up in my bedroom. This poem about the footprints in the sand, Absolutely. where you know this guy has a dream and uh, the Lord is walking with him on the beach, and there are these two sets of footprints, and uh, they were together, and they were together, yep. and it was beautiful. And then there were these storms, and things happened, and life got rough. And as the guy looked back, he only saw one set of footprints, and said, "Why did you leave me, Lord?" And During my most most difficult, difficult times, yeah. and Jesus said, "My my precious child, it was then that I carried you." Mm. So this this uh, this comic strip p- picks up from that point. The first panel, which for all that that has been parodied, I will it's say beautiful. it is a beautiful and poignant thing, and it also really I think theologically real. Oh yes, over and over and over again, I find that one of my core pieces of theology um, that I come back to in the High Holies and other times mm. of the year is that one of the really important pieces for me of the Jesus event, of the Christ mm-hmm. event, is mm-hmm. the presence of the divine in a tangible way in our lives. So I'm not I'm not poo-pooing that by well, any and I just stretch wanted of the imagination. That, yeah. Right, because I, I'm not either. I mean, and that, that turn... The difference in the experience between thinking it was during the worst times that we felt most alone, we felt abandoned, we felt that it was in fact when God was carrying us through in ways that we couldn't feel at the time, right. we couldn't understand at the time. Um, that difference in the experience between being in the moment and feeling most alone, abandoned when we need God most, this companion on the journey, and then looking back and feeling the truth that actually what had happened is that's when we were actually supported the most and brought through most safely, right? Yeah. Um, that is, as you said, very real, theologically, but experientially. Experientially, I think for too. many people yeah. in their lives have had moments like that. And, and I just find that, you know, it's one of those things that's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Right. Because it hits at a really profound truth that so many people connected with the problem is then it became ubiquitous yeah and it's like the you know anyway exactly um so this okay so that that's the well-known thing and this plays off this plays off that the the first panel is is jesus with the the guy who's having the dream and said Mm -hmm. my uh, my beloved child it was then that i carried you (laughs) and then the next panel says and you see that long furrow in the sand that's where i dragged you for a little while (laughs) and over there is the sand hole i buried you in while i went to go get a hot dog right (laughs) because that's also that is pretty fantastic it is fantastic because that that's also a very real part of our experience that that yeah. feeling that sometimes uh, I I, um, I think of uh, the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, mm-hmm. right? Where they're having this competition about whose God is more powerful and present. My dad can beat up your My dad. My dad can beat up your dad. Mm-hmm. And the prophets of Baal are are making fun of Elijah and, and, and Elijah shouts back to them and says, well, where, where are you God? Perhaps they're taking a nap. Right. And that feeling, that real feeling that, that sometimes we really are alone, that God has gone off to get a hot dog while we're in these difficult times in our lives. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to skip over that middle panel too. That that's where I dragged you for I, a little. Yeah. That is pretty fantastic. Kicking and that, yeah, screaming. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there's been I've been, I feel like on both sides of that. Oh in yeah. My life. yeah. Oh yeah, where for I sure. Have been dragged through something I didn't want to do. Right. I moved when I didn't want to move. Yep. And just brought to a new place that I wouldn't have chosen for myself. You know all those things. Right? Yeah. And I've been a parent. 
until so you've done in that target yes yeah, exactly. to your yes and well i mean maybe perhaps not literally yes. i mean this is going to be published and people are going to listen to it so exactly of but course you, not literally but yes but there there are those moments where figuratively and metaphorically we have dragged our children oh, kicking it. and screaming through something that that they didn't want to do but needed to that's be it. done and yep. uh, the reality of that. So I think I think part of the reason this comic works so well is because people get it. Like you just read that and you're like, yep, got it, been there, understand that. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit this Sunday, I think, is the providential presence of God in our lives and Ooh. what it is and what it isn't, mm. right? And I think, I think that we're living in a, we live in a very weird time in... Uh, uh, North American white Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, that was one of the things that um, that's very real too. Um, and, and, and there is a resurgence uh, in our time and space of sort of the prosperity gospel, and uh, we see it in different particular places that said if you're if you're in right relationship with God, then everything is going to be flowers and and rose colored glasses, it will and all be good for it, you. Yeah, everything's going to fall into place. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. I know what, I, and I want to say here, I get the impulse. Right. And it does not take too much looking at the Bible to find enough verses to say something that if you stitch them together, and it doesn't take any leaps of logic to say, God loves you and wants the best for you. If you're doing the right thing, God's going to do right by you. Yeah. And that looks like blessing and, and protection and providing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get where that comes from. Yeah. Now, it has its downsides, and we'll talk about this, because it's transactional and it's there's all sorts of weirdness to it. Yeah. But I also get how people get there. Oh, I do too. And, right? and it, you know, it, it does make a certain amount of, it does make a certain amount of sense. So for, <laughs> it feels, it's one of those things that feels as though it should be true. Absolutely. And then what great betrayal when, when life doesn't seem to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that leaves, I think that, that, that expectation then leaves mm. people who are going through difficult times mm. in a really weird place where they, they begin to think, what did I do wrong? Or, or or how is my relationship with God not right? That oh, I'm not... A, that's it. It has exactly. a wonderful way of adding guilt and shame yes. to what is already a really A really difficult experience. situation. Yeah. So um, I ha I'm using two scriptures uh, this, uh, this Sunday, one from the Hebrew Bible and one from the Gospels, which is always a nice way to kind of balance things out. Mm -hmm. And the one from the Hebrew Bible comes from uh, that oft-preached book, mm. the book of Jeremiah, <laughs> <laughs> because we go there all the time, right? Yeah, but only for the same three things. Yes, yes. Yeah. And this is one of them. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, uh, speaking for the on behalf of the Lord, says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans that will give you a hope and a future. And, like, that is written mm. on the um, the wall of our gathering uh, hall at at the Congregational Church mm -hmm. of Batavia. And I've seen it on tattoos and T-shirts. Yeah, we've and, used that for sermons here. We've used that uh, for planning thing. We've used that for stewardship campaigns. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? It's true. But yes. you've, you've got mm. to hone in on the context here because immediately before this in Jeremiah, um, the prophet is saying to the people who are in exile in Babylon, right? This is this is this is happening to the th these words of mid -trauma, hope are coming mid trauma, mid crisis, mid trauma, mid crisis, and 
right before that happens, Jeremiah is on behalf of the Lord says, and by the way, mm-hmm. this is not going to change anytime soon. We're still talking generations mm-hmm. of exile before you get to come home. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and, and so it's not that immediate thing. It's not, it's not that everything is going to be sunny and fantastic, but even within the midst of the trauma and the exile and all of that that's going on, God is saying, I still am here and I still have presence and I have plans and there is hope. And it I think will hope, be, oh, yes. hope, hope is, is the, the key. key. Yes. Um, and we actually talked about this a little bit last Sunday too, so it follows from, from what we had gone there. And I think that that is the, the important piece of that. And rather than think that it means everything is going to be rosy, we've got to understand that it is much more subtle and nuanced than that. Mm. Um, And so uh, before you get that tattoo, Mm -hmm. everybody, um, (laughs) just be aware of of the context and what we're going to. The other thing I want to talk about is Matthew, which also has an almost word-for-word corollary in Luke, which is not surprising, because those two are directly connected to each other, is uh, Jesus uh, talking uh, in the Sermon on the Mount Mm -hmm. um, about, uh, again, God's providential care, and talks about the lilies of the field and the birds of the air and how these things don't... uh, uh, they don't toil. They don't toil or spin or hoard up. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't save or keep. And yet God takes care of them. And how can worry add even one more day to your life? And I love that the way that this ends is for each day has trouble for its own. Mm. Right? Yep. And Or in the King James, it's uh, oh. sufficient unto the day is the trouble therein, <gasps> thereof. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a deep cut. It is. I, I like I, it. That's the one that I memorized because that's just a... That's a phenomenal phrase. Sufficient unto the day is the trouble thereof. Right. Like, that's what I'm going to get a tattoo of. That, right there. And, that, and rightly so. This is Jesus tapping into the, the uh, wisdom tradition uh, of his people, of the Hebrew people. And like, so if you go back to Proverbs uh, or even um, Ecclesiastes and start to dig into that, you're going to see a, a corollary there and, and uh, similar sorts of things that are being said. Um, especially about being present in the moment and worry and anxiety. So yesterday, my anxiety was through the roof. Mm. Speaking of mental health, Mm -hmm. right? Um, My anxiety was through the roof for no apparent reason. And I I opened up Facebook uh, just randomly in the moment. And one of the women from a church had posted this fabulous thing. Uh, 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 It was like a Venn diagram of those things that you can control and those things that you can't control (laughs) (laughs) and that place in the middle where you really should be putting your energy because there is so much out of our control that Mm. that worrying about it doesn't do any good right it doesn't but that's the definition of worry i know right right? it's it's that unproductive right rumination it is that paralyzing processing it is the cycling through a million hypothetical futures right. it is the, in ways that do nothing yeah but actually incapacitate us to meet whatever future is coming yes exactly and i think that that's that's central and that is a key and what jesus is trying to say is that again there's a safety net that God has got you. It doesn't mean everything is going to be rosy and perfect and wonderful. It does mean that that thing that which is most essential about you 
is held in the palm of mm. God's hand. And that is where, again, it's a hope thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's about finding the 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 peace that is going to cause cause you to be able to go forward, mm-hmm. and um and it 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 is that most essential piece. Now we could have huge conversations about that which is most essential mm. in in our spirit and in our lives, but that is more of a philosophical conversation and a different podcast entirely. And I think there's a justice component to this, of course. Yes. Because we also talk about someone, we talk about God providing for people, uh, and that can really let us off the hook and make us neutral in ways that in many other places, uh, Jesus is very much not neutral on that, right? This is... uh, (laughs) It is not up to God to clothe everyone. Nope. It is not up to God to house and feed and heal everyone, right? Yeah. Um, this, this, when we talk about just don't worry, God will provide, I, you can't then look around and say, well, if God would provide, why are people hungry? If God would provide, why do people need still yeah. need? When it is pretty clear that we in different ways are the ones getting in the way of everyone having those things that they need. What God is providing through the gift of creation, right? That there, there is enough, right? I'll save you the full rant, but you know, but there is enough this, when people don't have enough, that's not really on God. No. And, and and shouldn't be reduced to the kind of magical thinking that says, well, if God wanted it to happen, poof, it would, it would be have, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, it gets, this is where it does get more complicated, and we are getting in the way of God's attempts to provide for all. Yes. Right? Um, in ways that worry can really contribute to or is a symptom of yeah. at times, right? Yeah. At one psychologist I heard if paraphrasing but effectively uh, if we are traumatized or if we have something in our past that is bothering us one of the things uh, this is actually connected to our our, our limbic system right but it, it's 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 um, focused on our emotions not on logic and one of the fascinating things about this is that our emotional center in our brain has no concept of time so our emotional center doesn't know that it's now and it doesn't know that other things were in the past and it doesn't know that things are going to be in the, it has no concept of time, but it is trying to protect the whole system from another traumatic experience. So our, this, um, this center of this emotional center in our brain, uh, it doesn't think twice about reliving the past because it doesn't know it's the past it's trying to change that. It's trying to undo that yeah. or trying to learn something from it so that it doesn't happen again in the future, but has no sense of the, the linearity of it, right? Huh. So when we say that just doesn't make sense, why would I be worrying about this thing? Why would I be reliving, haunted by this thing if there's nothing I can do about it? There is part of yourself that has no idea that that was then and this is now and that is coming, it is just trying to deal with that emotional impact, with that trauma, with that whatever it is. Trapped in the um, moment. Tra- and, and is trapped in yeah. that moment. Um, and so what happens is, and, and, and as we know, that part of our brain has so much effect on these 
affects of shame and guilt and anxiety mm-hmm. and dep- that over how we feel so much effect over how we feel that we go well this isn't logical that i would feel this way right. why would seeing this thing bring this all why would my anxiety spike why would whatever yep. right it's because it is you know it is triggered it is sparked it is activated this thing that has no idea why feeling that way doesn't make sense right now because that doesn't have a sense that it's right now. It just re it. Well, yep. we remembered that thing, and now we are literally living it again. Yep. But what can happen then? This is one of those rumination or worry type things, which I love because we're continuing to understand how this works in our brain. This is Jesus talking about it two thousand years ago with the exact same insight of why this is spiritually corrosive why worry is so dangerous that it's not innocuous or it's at least a symptom of things not being well we can spend that part of us that can that can control us that can um have such a warping effect on our present right it it is trying to work so hard on the past in part because it doesn't know it's the past right it feels it as a present threat right yep so it's working so hard to change the past so that we can change the future and because it's spending so much time in the past and the future it doesn't leave us as you were saying in the present long enough to do the things that would make us actually able to change or to make a different future change a pattern right yeah so we're spending all the time in the past or in the future which actually incapacitates our present which in the horrible irony of this, and I do mean horrible, because this is part of why people who have been abused and get out of an abusive relationship enter another abusive relationship mm-hmm. or, you know, pick your thing, right? It's because th- there can be processes that are going on from that trauma that either that keep you trapped in the past or in the future in a way that is trying to protect you from the same thing happening again, but that ironically actually keeps you from being able to make the changes that that would protect you from doing this again, right? Yeah. So worry is not just a, oh, I'm just kind of fussy about things sometimes. I mean, I, I think the kind of worry that Jesus is talking about is the stuff that is that can take down a life. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, just a mini rant there, but that... I hear that connection mm-hmm. in this to say that it is about you know, some of this is about security and safety, right? Some of the answer to whether it's trauma or healing or that is this is hope and healing, right? And under underneath it, knowing that you are safe, right? Yeah. That someone is carrying you. I have the plans for you. That doesn't mean immediate transformation, but it can mean things will be okay. And here it's look at the way creation has been provided for you yeah but right it is okay we we need to not let that run our lives yeah right absolutely sorry i mean a little bit of a mini sermon there but um, no that's all right i this is you haven't you haven't been able to preach for three months so so you know you gotta you gotta take the opportunity when it presents (laughs) itself (laughs) yeah tell everybody at fc dundee to buckle up on sunday i got (laughs) i got three months of stuff i gotta say (laughs) absolutely but it's just so important and it's one of those truths that has always been true and we just we continue to learn how true it is the more we learn the more we learn how true it is absolutely yeah so you're hearing in some of that 
that combination of, well, an extension of or a manifestation of God's presence with us, that promise of God with us, yeah. uh, right, of, of companionship and presence and indwelling presence and, and all these other things, but in ways that really make a, a, a real difference. And I also think that that presence and that nearness also plays out, and it's exactly what you talked about before in that justice angle, um, in mm. the reality that we have been invited by the God of the universe to be partners in what is happening in the world. Mm. And, and that also is a way that we begin to chip away at that worry and that anxiety, that mm. we actually have been empowered and invited to be able to make in, change. Indeed commanded. Yes. <laughs> if you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus, indeed commanded. Indeed commanded. To be able to make change, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us who need it the most. Mm. Um, and and I think, you know, that's why people are members of churches mm. and uh, other such organizations, because there's that sense, that understanding that we can we can chip away at this anxiety because we have the ability. Mm. Um, and th yes, there are things that are outside of our control, but there are some things that we have the ability to, to transform and to change. And that's very real too. And that also is part of the presence of the divine. It's mm -hmm. not just, I'm carrying you, mm -hmm. but you can help carry other people. And those things go hand in hand. This reminds me of another very famous line and famous for a good reason. This is Paul in Philippians um, saying, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Um, let your loving kindness be made known to everyone. Mm -hmm. Do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. Make your right known to God, etc. Um, one of the things that I love about that is that he starts with action, right? Well, first you start with joy, right? Not do all these things. And by the end, you'll be able to rejoice. He says, start by rejoicing. Yep. Right. You are alive. Rejoice. Yep. And lest you move past that too quickly. Again, I will say <laughs> rejoice, rejoice because yeah. life is good. Yeah. And you are blessed to be alive yeah. in the gift of life. And part two is action. Yep. Not think about it, not pray about your stuff. Part two is live a life of loving kindness. Yeah. And after that, it's do not worry about anything. But if, now someone may correct me, I think I have these. There, there's, I think there are some other things in there, here and there. But I love that order of things. Yeah. The first posture is wake up to the goodness yeah. of what is. And then live in a loving kindness way. Orient yourself to others, right? And then do not worry. But even then, you know, it's not just don't worry because it's not worrying is never enough. It's sort of don't worry. Instead, do this. Yeah. And then it is be in relationship with God. Have a conversation with God. Let it out. Yeah. Let God know what you're scared of, what you're mad about, what you're ashamed of, what you're grateful for, right? Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Pray about it, right? And then, um, anyway, it continues. But I, I find that, I don't, you know, usually you and I, I think, talk about when the Bible is not prescriptive, where we think it might be prescriptive and we have to say, no, 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 no that's not, not it. 
This, I think, is prescriptive. I uh, yes. Right? Because, in part because Paul is being explicitly proscriptive. He's really telling, saying, "Do this." Yeah. Right. Um, but I I hear in that an extension of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. You know, if Jesus had said, "Look around you, rejoice." Yeah. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Look at your own life. Look at the food. That look at the look at the goodness in this. Rejoice. Yeah. And then. And then treat one, let that joy spill over into treating other people with loving kindness. Like live this way. Yeah. Love one another the way of I have loved you. Right. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> I might have heard it somewhere before. And, yeah. And then do not worry. Pray about it. Get yeah. what's inside on the outside, but don't get stuck. Don't get paralyzed in this worry. Uh, to me, the parallels here are they they run right through it again. Yeah. It has always been true, and it will continue. It. I love that it. The, that passage from the Sermon on the Mount also contains one of my, maybe the best rhetorical question in all of Scripture. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Uh, yep. Which is a great way Brilliant. of saying it's useless yep. and it's not doing what you think it's doing. It's yep. not even doing what it's trying to do. That's right. Yep. Right? I think worrying is like, I don't know if this is true psychologist, um, uh, correct me. I kind of think of worrying as like a CD skipping and I'm going to, or, um, a, or a podcast buffering or yeah. a record, a scratched record. I mean, pick your era of era music, of, yep. right? But I feel like it's like a, you just can't get past it. Yeah. It's like, um, it's not what you're supposed to be listening. It's not a sign that things are working. Right. Right. Like, well, if I do this well enough, it will be productive. It's like, no, you nope. can't get it unstuck. Yeah. Right. When you used to walk around with their Sony Walkman, with the CD, Sony CD Walkman. Oh, and you'd yeah. Have, oh, you'd hit this, the song that had a scratch on it. Yep. You had to start the whole thing. You had to take it off, take it out, usually breathe on it, yep, rub it yep. against your shirt. The Holy Spirit? Yeah. Is that it, too much of a, yeah. Well, it could. It, it could never be. worked, though, so no. I'm not going to blame that on the Holy Spirit. Right. But the point is that it worrying is not a sign that things are working well in the way that they're supposed exactly. to. Exactly. In that way, right? Yeah. So don't don't get stuck there. And if you are stuck there, get unstuck. There are ways because, to get unstuck. Yes, and because it's not a sign that and I don't mean it in a shame and guilt way. I don't and I'm not gonna say just do better or be better or have more faith. That's not what it is. But it's also it's it's not well well I'm grinding away at this problem and eventually and I'll eventually get there. something will get. it's like no it, it's it's just stuck there the CD is skipping the, yeah. the it's buffer and it's not you're not going to get there from here yeah it's a really important reminder and something that many of us live with a lot yeah. I still love that cartoon. Though. That's I know, it's, very fan, clever. it's fantastic. This is where I carried yeah. you. This is where I dragged you. This is where I stuck you in a in hole in the hole. ground to go get a hot dog. It's just brilliant. Um, I, I I actually like that last panel, that this is where I stuck you in a hole for a second. I love the, well, I went to get a hot dog. I, I'm, I find myself delighted and humbled and in some ways freed by this idea that sometimes God has better things to work on than us. <laughs> like, some point it's like, you just be okay for a second. Because yeah. I've got a lot of other stuff to do. And yeah. you know what? You'll and be fine. And maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> you just go ahead. Just stay here. Don't wander off for a second. And I'll be back. But I got <laughs> stuff to do. And I'm hungry. I'm delighted by that idea. Yeah. That sometimes we think God's biggest project in the entire universe is, is us. us. Yeah. And um, 
but what would I ever do if you did leave me? It's like, you know what? You'll be fine. Even if I just stick you in the ground and make sure you don't move for a second, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. Because you know what? Did you ever think about me? Maybe I have other things I want to do besides walk with you and carry you. Like, I need a hot dog. Like, I don't know. I know it's weirdly anthropomorphic, but I, you know, to think of, you know, God as needing a hot dog. But I find myself very much delighted by that idea. <laughs> well, I'm glad. And, oh. and I hope that folks are going to love that. Yeah. Um, that'll preach. Oh, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. There's plenty there to talk about. So... You talked about providence, right, and what it is and what it isn't. And I think we've touched on some of that. This mm-hmm. idea, as I hear in providence, it is it is both this sense of God providing and blessing, but also in a strange, to me it has this element of fate and destiny and God choosing in a supernatural way and yeah. god god doling out reward and punishment yeah in a again in a way that is fated yeah. or 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 even just divinely ordained mm-hmm. and you get into some weird territory some very weird territory with that because it's 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 tough to just deny all of that because then you're very into well then god is not active in the world in any way you're the any, unmoved mover right. who, yeah who and not relational, yeah. right? Um, but it's—I also don't believe in a big man up in the sky who's just doling out presents and curses, right? Or saying this is this is the way your life is going to go, and and it is mapped out ahead of time, and right. everything. It, nope. No, no, I it, I can't I can't do that. I don't think that theologically it doesn't hold up experientially. Nope. It doesn't seem to make that kind of sense, and yet. There are times when maybe it's because we as human beings are wired this way to see patterns yep. and to to find meaning. But there are certainly things that feel meant to be that are not just coincidence yep. that do feel like they were designed for us or mm-hmm. put in our path. And not just because we're self-centric little buggers who think that everything in the universe conspires to be about us, but because... There are things that happen that are miraculous and remarkable yeah. and that feel like God's hand has to be in this because there's no other way to explain it. Yeah. Um, and I also, it, it is, um, without getting into predestination and the fate and the, some things like that, at the same time, it is, it is still problematic at times to think that there are things that God does for some or not for others, yep. or things that God doesn't do that we would wish God did. Mm-hmm. You really get very quickly into the mystery of how God is active in the world. And it is a mystery. And it is a mystery, and that's where I was going with this. And yeah. any honest person is going to say, I hope, I don't know. <laughs> As opposed to, this is divine mystery, and I've figured it out, and I know how and to I'm make it to... work for you yeah. for only three easy payments, of, right? <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to talk ourselves out of a job real quickly if we're like, hey, here's this wonderful thing. We have no idea how it works. Yeah. But you know what? Pastors were never meant to be these middlemen, these conduits, these sort of code breakers, whatever, of we figured out God and we will give you access to God or we will give you the secrets of God's blessing if yeah. you just pay us to the... That was never the role of a pastor. Nope. So if that might be disappointing, <laughs> but I, I think it lets... Uh, it, 
it lets us off the hook in the sense that that's a that's nothing we were supposed to that was never our business in the first place yeah is to figure out the divine mystery and hack it and give everybody access to stuff they wouldn't have access to yeah that's just that's not a relationship that's no. not god that's not love that's not what this is no sorry again mini sermon on that but that's all right no um, it, but it's real yeah but it's real what i may have just taken all the oxygen out of the room for that but we're what kind of things were you planning on saying about providence and kind of what it is and what it isn't and how it relates to, you know, these are the plans I have for well, you. And, yeah. and, 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 and a very similar thing that yeah. it is not, it is not saying I, I have a blueprint for your life that is going to, this is the way it's going to go. Mm. Um, that is, uh, that's dangerous ground to be walking on. Yeah. Um, very much so. But rather that that sort of general sense that um, that God is present in the world and working in powerful ways, and to open up our eyes to be able to see them. And again, it's not all about us. Mm. That providence is so much bigger than me and my needs in the moment. And the and scope of God's attention. Exactly, yeah. the scope of God's attention is so much broader than all of that. And, um, and again, I don't have an answer. If I if I if I did again, uh, I I probably wouldn't actually be in this profession. I'd mm. be doing something entirely different. Um, but uh, but to be able to talk about that, and um, and and again, that most essential bit of us, that thing that is who we are, is cradled carefully in the hands of God. Mm. Um, and that is not about to get lost or dropped or stolen or any of those particular things. Um, and I think that that's what we need to be able to, uh, hang on to. But yeah, I, that, that the word providence also does lean very heavily into that fadedness and that predestination kind of stuff. Mm. And we need to be really careful about well, that. Well, cause we've watched that be warped and leveraged for all kinds oh, oh, of horrible yeah. things. I mean, that's, that is directly related to things like the sense of manifest destiny yep. that white colonists felt in this nation yep. and that felt that gave them a right to take over land and exterminate indigenous people. Exactly. Um, so it, let alone slavery, let alone. So that, that arrogance, you yeah. know, the arrogance of chosenness yeah. is well, well-documented um, and, horribly dangerous and still so present we have mm -hmm. to be so careful about that i think it's and present in, in anti-semitism yep. around the world it's pro it, it is in terrorism of all kinds yep the holy and holy justifiable righteousness the uh yeah. The uh, the the sort of Christian Christo fascism that is yes. that is present in America right now yeah um, has roots kind of not kind of but definitely in that that this is this is the way it's supposed to be and in we a, yeah, yeah. anybody who one way or another considers themselves a soldier in service of God's plan yep. anyone who considers themselves an instrument a weapon yep. divinely ordained for the doing of god's will you are yeah you, yeah you you have you've lost the plot as our friends across the pond would say <laughs> uh you uh, you you are already um you already passed it and of course then we're in a place where 
if someone believes that to be true about themselves, they're not in a place where they can hear someone else nope. say, That's maybe not. you're not. Yeah. Because other people saying you're not is part of the, that's, that's a reinforcement for yep. what. You will I mean, be persecuted. Yes, yep. exactly. Well, of course you wouldn't understand. There's We're not taking in additional information. I'm listening only to what I understand God's message to be. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're not really, uh, not really looking for any other input. Nope. A very, which is so so maybe yeah, I, I feel like this is one of those things we talk about what it is what it's not I feel like sometimes 95% of it is talking what about it's what it's not yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and then a little bit of a hint of what it what it might be yeah right but uh, I think that that's part of that's that's part of the journey of faith is to live into that that again that mystery to to live into finding the if not the answers, the direction, the presence, the the way, the way, yeah. yes, the way to forward. Put it, you know, in, in a matter of speaking, yes. I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. you didn't see. Of course, you couldn't see my face. That was just. You she know, leaned, may have rolled my she, eyes a little. <clears throat> she leaned down dejectedly at my uh, heavy-handed preacherliness, and understandably so. Yeah, it was it was delightful. No, but, but no, yeah. but absolutely. That that's so different to talk about a way versus a system of belief. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, a way to live. I, listen, I mean, this is, you're right. This is another podcast. We'll wrap this up here, but um, it is so easy. It's another thing that feels true. God's plan for our life. I I think that that can mean so many things that are true and it, it's still a very dangerous idea. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. So dangerous because it can be paralyzing if we think that there is what, this idea that there's one plan, you know, one railroad track heading to the horizon and we're not, and, and we're either we on it, it or not. Yeah, yeah, we've already missed what was going to be my plan. This idea as opposed to a relationship and unfolding. But I think for some people it's an incredibly, it's also an incredibly scary idea yeah. to think that our life has infinite futures or possibilities. Oh, yeah, that can be paralyzing. I would rather just pick the one that I know is exactly right. Yeah. And that's part of, part of you know, this comes, I think, from the way that we perceive time and the way that we perceive mm-hmm. our life. You know, yes, perhaps we make you know, there are all these choices in front of us, but we look behind us and see a one path, yeah. like our footprints, right? Yeah. We go back and, well, that well, one course, path I was on, of course it that has was... this air of inevitability yeah. to it, right? It feels like, well, that was my one life that I lived. Yep. How could it have gone any other way? Hey, how could it have gone any other way? Yep. Yep. And uh, that's a powerful feeling, yeah. powerful sensation. And I'm not here to say that it's totally wrong. No, we don't I, know. Um, but I do know that it can have its dysfunctions when we're trying to look forward and are paralyzed. It, you know, that's a worry trap. We'll put oh, it yeah. There. That's a huge worry trap of people thinking, am I living God's plan for my life? Am I not? Yeah. Although even then, sometimes asking that question is a really good thing. Yeah. If only because what that kind of betrays, like what that reveals is that you do feel like something is not right. Yeah. That you are called to something different. Yep. That this is not it. Like what God wants for my life, what God is calling me to is not something this. Something is out of yeah. joint. And, and that, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's a really important thing to listen to sometimes yeah. without thinking that there is only one way forward. Oof. Uh, yeah. All right. We have one minute to wrap this up and still get under a one hour. All right. For something um, that we swore was going to be a really quick. A really, yeah. We we're just a, a quick. It's been a long time since we've had the opportunity to talk. So, of, of course, we're going to go. That's my excuse. I'll a little it. bit longer. That's the, that's the best. Um, yeah. It's nice to have you back. 
Thank you. Really Welcome. good to be back. So good to talk with you. Absolutely. Um, and to everybody who's listening, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for staying with us. And, and I, I really hope that we're heading back into some things that are familiar, some things that are new, and just a, a whole new season of Pod Be With You. All right. Well, until we see you again, be safe, be well, be the church. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.